The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance, and that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And tell him that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. What's up, players? This is the Talk of Champions franchise player. Always boss player. Forever. Monday, this is Franchise Player. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit on three. He writes for Inside the Rebels 247. And it's overreaction Monday, as we do every single Monday morning. Unfortunately, for the first time this year, we're doing an overreaction Monday after Ole Miss loses. Seven and one, three and one in the SEC, 45 to 20 against LSU at LSU on Saturday. How you feeling this morning? Feeling any different than when we talked after the game? You let it all soak in. You read all the comments on the message board, uh, you know, that, you know, now Chris Partridge needs to be ran out of town. The defense needs to be rebuilt. What's going on with the offense? Uh, You know, hey, what's Charlie Weiss doing and all this kind of stuff. You know, the same thing they were doing when they were 7-0. You know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, everybody's demanding, not everybody, but a lot of people are demanding a total rebuild of the defense. And now we don't have linebackers and we don't have defensive linemen. The portal players have been a disappointment. You know, you have to soak all that in and, um, you know, try to find some some neutral ground. And, and the fact is, you know, that's what you said. They're seven and one. Um They've got a chance to to win every one of their last four games. And if they do, they're going to likely accomplish every goal that they had in the preseason. So, you know, I'm not for all of this, um, you know, oh, my God, you know, we're, we're terrible stuff. That's not the case. And, you know, it's a new week now. And I said yesterday, hey, this you need to flush it. You need to learn from it and flush it, get the stink out of the building. I hope that's what the Rebels have done. It's all Texas A&M the rest of the week. And, um, you know, if you went out in College Station, all of a sudden you're 8-1. and one, And you have set the stage for what you wanted, a showdown in Oxford with Alabama with an open date in front of it. I, I don't see this all-is-lost scenario. And – Yes, I mean, some problem areas were exposed Saturday. 
fix them and, and move on. That's what you have to do. So, um, no, I'm, I'm not going to beat this team up. I mean, they're seven and one. They are who they, we thought they were, you know, back in June and July, Ben, we were thinking, you know, this is going to be a tough stretch. Well, game one of that final five game stretch proved to be extremely tough. And, um, you know, just, just is what it is. So I'm ready to turn the page and let's move on. Ole Miss fans were just hoping for more. I feel like every Ole Miss fan thought that Ole Miss uh, had to prove it still going into LSU, and they didn't. And that's why they're disappointed. I, I do feel like uh, you must have a very fatalistic message board now because I don't get the general sense that everybody is that overwhelmingly negative. No, not everybody. Just, yeah. it, you know, it, it's the negativity that stands out, you know. It's 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 those emotional posts that uh, that just kind of stand out. Now a lot of Ole Miss fans are very reasonable about this. You know, it's just a sampling of society. That that's what you have on something like this. And um, you know, I, I'm just advocating flush it, move on, focus on A and M. That's what I'm advocating. What can Ole Miss do to fix its defense? Yeah, well, I I mean. And fans have been correct in pointing out, you know, that three-man defensive front just didn't didn't do anything to stop LSU. Um, with that kind of quarterback, even when you do get pressure, a lot of times he's going to pull it down. He's going to rip off big chunks of yardage. And that's kind of what happened. Um, but it doesn't mean you, you throw everything overboard and rebuild it. Um, that's the defense that gives you the best chance to win week in and week out against the opponents you're facing. Now, I mean, I think A&M's going to do a lot of – try to do a lot of what LSU did, except they don't have a mobile quarterback. As a matter of fact, with uh, King going out apparently injured, I, I mean, we don't even really know who's going to play quarterback against us Saturday night. So you don't have the Jaden Daniels factor to contend with. Uh, they're not a great passing team. I mean, all they can do, I think, is line it up, try to run right at you, and control the clock and play defense. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think that's what AM tries to do Saturday night. My biggest overreaction, they spent all week preparing for the best scrambling quarterback in college football, Jaden Daniels. All week. You knew exactly what he was going to do, and yet he did all of those things extraordinarily well scored five total touchdowns including two no three on the ground they spent a week preparing and knowing exactly what he was going to do to them and they had no answer for it that's the concerning thing yeah and you know that gets back to you know a lot of times they had hands on Jaden Daniels and couldn't tackle him I mean you know so that gets back to a basic thing of tackling um you know this is not a good tackling defense we all we we've got enough evidence to declare that they do not have a kid who can do things that Jaden Daniels can do. They don't have a passer of his level. They certainly don't have a scrambler of his level. So uh, I, I don't know what the answer is. I would like to see guys like Damon Clowney and Brandon Mack get a little bit more involved in what's going on on the front end of that defense. I mean, we saw them in fall camp. They look great. They looked really, really good. And now neither one have much of a role at all. And I'm not pinning that on Tavius Robinson or Cedric Johnson, both of whom played great. But is there a way to get those guys on the field at the same time in some run situations to maybe shut that down? Uh, you know, you even saw DeMond Clowney taking snaps at linebacker, you know, during fall camp. 
So, you know, maybe there's an answer somewhere hidden in there. Um, but, you know, with A&M just looking at them, they're just going to line it up and run it at you. Not around you, not a scrambling type deal like Jaden Daniels. I mean, they're just going to line it up and run it at you and pop you with a pass when they can. Um, I, I think Chris Partridge and, and the Ole Miss defense ought to be able to handle that. Now, knock on wood, we'll see what happens. Well, going into the year, if you look down the schedule, Texas A&M was second only to Alabama as far as quality of opponent and potential losses or toss-up games or turning point games for Ole Miss in 2022. And now, going into this week, coming off of LSU, it feels like if they don't win this game, that spells real trouble. Yeah, because, I mean, that would be two losses in a row, just saying they don't win it. Two losses in a row, and the consolation prize is you get to come home and play Alabama. So that's likely three in a row. And if you're going to Fayetteville seven and three, having dropped three in a row, you know, K.J. Jefferson can pick you off. He can, He's that type of quarterback, a, you know, a lot bigger than Jaden Daniels, but, but, but can do some damage to you in the open field when he scrambles out of the pocket. So, and then the Egg Bowl, who knows? I mean, so, you know, look, you've you got to embrace the suck. The schedule is what it is. You've always known it's going to be there. You know, you stepped off the bus and stepped in a pile of it. Wipe it off the boot and plow on. That's all you can do right now. And, uh, you know, what if Ole Miss wins out? What if they win out? What if this loss was the shock that they needed to kind of galvanize themselves? I mean, there are a lot, there, there, there are a lot of scenarios that can play out from here. So, you know, I, I'm happy that they're seven and one, ranked 12th in one poll, 15th in another poll. You know, let's go play the games and see how it all shakes out. I expected Ole Miss to lose one of these next two games. But now that you've lost to LSU, you have to beat Texas A&M because it starts to play into what you said. Alabama historically has always been really tough for Ole Miss. Ole Miss just doesn't beat Alabama. Now, I think Ole Miss could beat Alabama this year, this Alabama team and they're coming off a of bye week would Ole Miss be to get Alabama. And then comes Arkansas on the trip to the nightmarish place that is Fayetteville for Ole Miss historically and the in-state rival Mississippi State. But it really starts here now. You've removed the margin for error if you're trying to finish where you want to finish, which is with one loss and competing for the SEC West and then getting to an access ball. But it starts with Texas A&M. I think with Texas A&M and how they're going, losing to South Carolina last week, you have to win. All games are must-win. You don't go into a game going, okay, well, if we lose, we'll dust ourselves off. We'll pick ourselves up and get back at it. Every game is must-win. That's the whole point of this exercise is to win. But this feels like a turning point game for what it could mean going forward. I think if you course correct and rebound from LSU and win at Texas A&M, well, now you're kind of back to where you were, right? Because you were not going to go undefeated. It, it was – just really the odds were stacked against you with the schedule, especially with the way it ended. So for Ole Miss to get out of the first nine weeks, eight and one and four and one in the SEC, if I'd have told you that to begin the year, every Ole Miss fan would have taken that, signed up for it, no questions asked. No doubt. And, and you know, take a minute and, and hop on the other side of the fence for a second. What if, what if you're an A&M stakeholder in that program? And you, you jumped out and you paid Jimbo Fisher all of this guaranteed money 
And obviously, I think by now we can say things are not working out in College Station for Jimbo Fisher. These guys are three and four. South Carolina beat them. And, um, you know, congrats to Shane Beamer at South Carolina. It looks like he's got that program, you know, on the uptick. But you should have beaten South Carolina on the road. And now you come home three and four. And all these Aggie fans are going, what in the world? They're not making excuses up for you any longer. I mean, they're they're angry. You pay that kind of money. You want to see results. They're not seeing them. This is a must win for A&M. I mean, Jimbo Fisher and his coaching staff do not want to walk off that field Saturday night three and five and potentially not going to a bowl game. Bad news all the way. So that's what Ole Miss is facing. I mean, you've got Jimbo and his staff over there going, we have to win this game, come hell or high water, one way or the other. That's what you're walking into. And, uh, you know, they're all going to be there Saturday night. It'll be 100 and whatever, 8,000 or 10,000 or whatever that place holds. And in the, in the, in the context of the game, they're going to be screaming for Ole Miss blood. So the road atmosphere gets really no easier this week. And, um, you know, that's what Ole Miss is walking into. Be acutely aware, Jimbo Fisher has had some kind of meeting over there with his staff, and he slammed his fist on the table, and he's like, we cannot lose this game Saturday night. Lane Kiffin's probably reacting the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a little to the more extent, uh, to the extent that right yeah, there. that Lane Kiffin could actually act that way because he doesn't act that way. But you get what I'm saying. Like whatever the Lane Kiffin version of that is, he's probably doing the same thing. Where hey guys, we, we got to get this that one. Version, that version would be Lane walking into the staff meeting, looking at everybody and going, "We got to win," mm-hmm. and turn around and walking out. Yeah. That's that's probably uh, the version you're getting. Although I, I expect Jimbo Fisher's a little fierier, more fiery, if you will, um, with his personality and everything. And um, we'll see what happens. But I guarantee you, you're going to College Station and you're going to get the Aggies' absolute 100% best shot. They've got to save their season. If they lose this thing, their season's practically over, gone. They're trying to go to a bowl game. At least he can say, we went to a bowl game. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. 
BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Talk of Champions is also brought to you in part by MyBookie. You know football, and you pick winners all the time, so why not get paid for them at MyBookie? Bet single-game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over half a million to be won make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. So make this your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. What can Ole Miss rely on outside of its running game, like every single game? You know, I, I think they're developing a pass game, but it's hard to rely on it when you have so many. Look, the O-line played awful Saturday. It was a terrible, terrible game for them. So it's hard to throw accurately, you know, when you're being tugged down by a 330-pound man um, and you're scrambling for your life back there. But that's the game of football. I mean, they're coming after you. Um, It's hard to go they can rely on this other than the run game. And really and truly, you know, Saturday the run game was reduced to Quinshawn Judkins and his very fine runs. Um, 111 of the team's 116 yards belonged to Judkins, which uh, everybody else got five yards. It feels as if this defense has regressed. And I know it's quality of competition, but this yeah. defense had a different way about it. It carried itself differently. Okay, you and I can go out there and play defense in a five- and six-year-old game, just an analogy here, and, and we'd look like Reggie White reincarnate. Okay? Now, if we got out there in the middle school, we're probably getting our asses whooped. You know, and, and it is. It's competition, okay? And you have swag when you do good. But you were doing great against Troy in Central Arkansas and, you know, a rather pedestrian Kentucky team that we all know now. Um, and, you know, you don't have that anymore on your schedule. And, and you are what your numbers say you are, right? I mean, that's an old saying. So – we're, we're looking statistically as this Ole Miss defense is starting to decline. It's fool's gold. You go to Atlanta, you shut out Georgia Tech, everything's going right on the defensive side of the ball, and you feel good because you can't do any more than what you did. But the opponents are better now. But it shouldn't go from dominance, doing exactly what you're supposed to do against those type of opponents, to Wesley McGriff-style defense because that's what it was on Saturday. Yeah, but it it does go that way. I mean, again, if a five-year-old's blocking me, I'm going to sack his quarterback as many times as I want to. If I'm in a high school game, I'm not getting any sacks. I mean, you know, I'm going to get pushed around. 
So Georgia Tech and Tulsa and Troy. I mean, Troy's proven to be pretty okay. I mean, all these teams were just sisters of the poor. It, by SEC standards, yes. I mean, you know, middle, very middle of the pack when you talk about, you know, college football. Yeah. I just thought there'd be a happy medium, and there hasn't been. It's been yeah, one extreme I, or the other. Yeah. I, I mean, Kentucky was kind of the happy medium, I think. Yeah, from here on out, it's a lot tougher. I, I expect this defense to rebound Saturday night. I think they're going to give Texas A&M a lot of, a lot of trouble, a lot of difficulty, partly because I have no faith in Texas A&M. And, and, and they don't have a running quarterback. They, they don't. And, 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 you know, the A&M is kind of funny. Don't let your guard down about this game because is it going to be the A&M team that beat Arkansas and that took Alabama to the very last play in Tuscaloosa? Or is it going to be the A&M team that laid, laid an egg Saturday night at South Carolina? We don't know which one's coming. Had no idea. Uh, they are the most, probably the most inconsistent football team in the SEC. So, you know, we got to play the game, find out. What all injury stuff is Ole Miss dealing with right now? Well, you know, Lane, Lane likes to keep injuries quietly. Of course, you know, we know about yes. Michael Trey. You know, Jalen Robinson, dude, I'm, I mean, four, four games left. Are you going to play? I mean, that, that's, that's kind of been perplexing, and I know he's dealing with a hamstring issue. And we all chuckled and laughed back in fall camp when Lane said, hey, you know, I told him, uh, you know, maybe we ought to look at redshirting you because we thought Lane was joking. Maybe he wasn't joking. Um, you know, it'd be nice to get him healthy. I think, um, you know, Ulysses Bentley is, is quote unquote back, but probably not back a hundred percent right now. Um, you know, those things kind of draw out at you, um, because those are weapons that you, you can use. I don't know if any of those guys would have made a difference Saturday, but, um, Zach Evans could have, he definitely could have. So I don't know, you know, in, in this, um, not to change the subject completely, but this rotation they're doing up front on the offensive line, I'm dead set against it. I I, I think they're uh, I think they're they're creating issues they ought not have. Um, and you know, really, when you look at the whole thing, Ben, where where did Ole Miss primarily struggle at? Tackle. Both tackle spots. We take two of the best tackles in the SEC who have credentials i mean they have played the game they have blocked the opponents and we moved them to guard and and you have two red shirt freshmen starting at offensive tackle with nick broker and jeremy james playing guard you know inexplicably because as far as i can gather he was not hurt or injured you're yanking Jeremy James out in the second quarter, which is when the offense started to go south, when the protection broke down, and then Jeremy James hardly plays any in the third quarter when Jackson Dart is being slaughtered. And if all of that is in the name of rotation, I just don't necessarily agree with that, Ben. Well, it's partly why I asked the question, because I, I, I feel like it, it's more injury-related. they got to be banged up, because otherwise it's kind of nonsensical how they're rotating. Unless this guy is lying to me, who was texting me 30 minutes after the game ended, was not injured. Not injured. Now, I, you know, maybe he's lying. Maybe he didn't know. But 
or, or certainly wasn't injured enough that he couldn't have been in the game. But, uh, you know, and then you get back to a couple of weeks ago where, you know, it's probably been a month ago now where, you know, Lane, Lane said he wanted to get enough guys ready that they could rotate those front five. Most teams don't rotate their front five. And I know those big men get tired and everything, but there is something about the synopsis and the synergy of a unit of knowing, okay, this guy's got my back. I got his back. He's got his back. Everybody playing as one. And oftentimes when you stick a fresh face in there, into those front five, things can go awry. And maybe, maybe we saw a little bit of that Saturday. I'm just speculating and overreacting here, but, um, that that just kind of made me wonder. Well, Nick Broker, I think, is banged up. A.J. Finley came out Saturday. Troy Brown's been banged up. Trigg is out. Zach Evans is banged up. Hudson Wolf, we're never going to see him, I don't think, at this point. I mean, no, you can't probably ever not. expect to see him. Um, who else? I mean, who else can you think of? Because, you know, going into the preseason or in August practices as they carried on there, all you heard was about all of this depth and all these options they had. And you've seen it in spurts. Dayton Wade had a dynamic game last week, but then he's invisible or the usage is much lesser at LSU. Far be it for me to question anything here about how Lane Kiffin and his staff approach personnel usage. But the question of why did we hear about Damon Clowney and Brandon Mack and Jalen Knox and Dayton Wade and on and on and on and on and on Mason Brooks. And you're not seeing any of these guys, especially when there are certain areas where some of those guys at least in your preseason report or scout of them could be helping you potentially. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, I brought up Clowney and Mac earlier in the podcast, you know, maybe you can get those guys more involved. I hate doing these after a loss, by the way, this is not. Yeah. A <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it's not. And for the first time all year, we don't have this spectrum of, uh, you know, what can this team accomplish? Uh, but, it is what it is. And, you know, and credit to LSU and Brian Kelly. Look, he's he's gone down there and looked at his talent, brought in what he needed, and he's going to win there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brian Kelly's going to win there. He definitely is. And, uh, you know, now when LSU and Alabama play on November 5th, the day the Rebels are open that weekend, um, if LSU wins, then, you know, Nobody can catch them unless somebody beats them. And uh, it kind of renders the Ole Miss-Alabama game a little less important, I suppose. But if Alabama wins, Ole Miss controls their own destiny. It's just kind of kind of like that. So if, if you're wondering who to pull for in the LSU-Alabama game, you pull for Alabama because you've got them square in your sights the very next weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's going to win at LSU. Absolutely. You know, I, you could have said the same thing about Lane Kiffin. He's going to win at Ole Miss, and he is. You know, the West is just so brutal. I mean, the paradigm switches other than Alabama so often. It's like Alabama's going to stay on the top, and then the other six teams in the West are going to slash and gash their way to – you know, who's going to be the primary competitor? You know, I think LSU's program's in great shape. I think Ole Miss's program is in great shape. Texas A&M, not so much. 
in the broadest terms before the year started, if you look down the schedule and I ask you or any Ole Miss fan, if everything goes right for Ole Miss, what's it going to come down to for Ole Miss to get to Atlanta? Alabama, Alabama. It was always going to come down to Alabama. Standing in the way of it coming down to Alabama this year is Texas A&M. So you're exactly where you're supposed to be then or where you hope to be if everything went well. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, you know, maybe college game day is in town that day. Doesn't really matter. It's going to be an absolutely crazy environment at the vault. But, um, yeah, it comes down to Alabama. LSU's not incapable of losing the rest of the way. They could drop a couple more. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's a season. It's, it's going to have ups. It's going to have downs. You're in the first down of the season. Now you got to pull out of it Saturday night out in the middle of Texas with the weirdest fan base. I, I got to say this weirdest fan base. I know period. They, they're all good people, but man, I'm going to tell you, I, I've watched a and from the sidelines before and it's really freakish. You know, they, they have no female cheerleaders. They have these guys in their white clothes that are yell leaders and where they're really serious about their job. And man, you watch these fans and they are engaged. Um, it's just strange, a little, little strange out there. Well, good for them. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, great for AM. They produce a lot of war heroes. And they got 109,000 people in the stands to make it really yeah. hard for opposing teams. So, hey, yeah, it uh, might be weird to you, but it works. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You can ask any Aggie and they'll tell you they won World War II. That's how proud they are. What's the early yeah. score prediction for Ole Miss Texas AM? Oh, Lord have mercy. I, I you know, Whew, man, this offense is so hard to predict. And look, AM's defense has some bite. And also, we haven't even talked about this. You got the Lane Kiffin versus DJ Durkin thing going on here. Durkin now the D coordinator at AM. Uh, and don't think for a second, both those guys don't think about that. So you're going to you know? buy that a little bit that that's something. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm buying that. Um, man. Man, this one's tough. And this is where the game kind of gets strange to, to know what's going to happen because I think AM does a good job throttling Ole Miss's offense, one way or the other. That means I'm thinking Ole Miss scores 24, maybe 28 points. So then it becomes can Chris Partridge keep AM from scoring 30 points? I'm feeling 28. 24, 28, 25 Ole Miss win or 30, 28 Ole Miss loss. You know, I, I mean, it's just kind of kind of fluctuating on that. I don't think Ole Miss is going to AM to exact revenge on how they played Saturday against LSU because AM is too talented defensively, if that makes any sense. I've got 28, 20 right now. Yeah, I, I feel something in that range. I, I do. But, but, yeah, I think there's a little edge there with Kiffin, Kiffin's offense versus Durkin's defense. There's no man in the country that knows Lane Kiffin's offensive tendencies as good as D.J. Durkin, right? I mean, I think there's going to be a guessing game going on here. As long as it's an Ole Miss win, it's been Franchise Player, an overreaction Monday edition of Franchise Player. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit on three. 
He writes for Inside the Rebels 247. It was fun, man. Let's do it again. Yeah, everybody have a great week. And uh, look, that's the toilet flushing. LSU's gone. We're focused on A&M. Go get that win. Hotty toddy, everybody.